Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right, The Last Stand, where we bring you some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And today's guest comes from the sport of boxing, Shakur Stevenson. You know, he's the former WBO featherweight champion of the world, now the number one ranked contender at 130 pounds and won a silver medal at the 2016 Olympics. Shakur Stevenson, welcome to The Last Stand. What up, what up, what up, what up? Great to have you on the program. Been looking forward to talking to you. And hey, let, let's start with you because I, I think it's, it's interesting. You were one of the first guys who had to come back when boxing first came back and navigate uh, fighting in the bubble, um, fighting with no fans. Uh, what did you learn from that kind of experience? And what advice would you give other fighters? I think that I ain't really learned too much because um, it just felt like the amateurs all over again. Like um, the workout room wasn't really that good. So we had to train in our hotel room. Um, I mean, it, just, it, it felt it felt kind of like amateurs. Like when you're going to shows, it ain't really a lot of people there sometimes. And you still got to put on a good performance within uh, – and perform for yourself. So it felt like the amateurs all over again. And any advice that I would give to um, other fighters is uh, just go in there and I guess uh, make the best of the situation. Don't uh, don't get frustrated with anything that's going on because it's not like normal fights. And a lot of people, I know a lot of fighters that probably would get frustrated, but it, um, at the end of the day, you there to take care of business. So just put that in your mind and it's different. Like, it's a whole different uh, ball game when you get in the bubble, so. But you obviously, you, you, pull, you pulled out an impressive victory. You, you become a world champion at featherweight, but then you give up the title, and now you've moved up to 130. Uh, was it because you had to, because of your body growing, or are you just seeking bigger fights at 130? Honestly, I feel like, at first, the reason was I felt like my body was growing, but um, lately I've been kind of feeling like I like I probably did have like one or two more fights in me at featherweight, but I mean it's bigger fights at one thirty. I was trying to get the Josh Warrington fight at at one twenty six. I couldn't get that fight, and that was the biggest fight of the um the weight division for me and him. So I couldn't get that fight, so I moved up to one thirty, and I know I could get bigger fights at one thirty. Will we ever see you back at 126? 
Nah, you probably won't see me back at 127. I think it's time for me to um, grow into 130 and take over the whole 130 weight class. So this is my division now, man. I love it. Um, so you were victorious against Felix uh, Caraballo there in, in June. What's next for you? It, it, uh, what would Shakur Stevenson like next? I mean, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for, uh, I guess, um, the, I'm, the, I'm the mandatory for the WBO title uh, at 130 now. So um, I think I, uh, the, um, the guy that got the belt got until November to make his decision. Uh, what are you going to do, whether give up the belt or, or fight me? So I'm just waiting. I'm sitting back waiting to see whatever that – however that's going to play out, and we're going to make our move from there. I know that, you know, you've, you've been looking forward to a Jamel Herring matchup there, considering that he is uh, the champion there at 130. But, you know, Jamel Herring has talked about and, – and your promotional company has talked about a Jamel Herring-Carl Frampton matchup. Um, so – uh, Jamel Herring even came out and said, uh, we wouldn't fight Shakur Stevenson unless it's the very last resort. That was his quote. So what do you do? I mean, honestly, because I got I got love for Jamel too, and I don't like I can't disrespect I won't disrespect Jamel. Uh he's a good dude. Um I wouldn't fight him if it was the very last resort either, but now it's the very last resort and I'm going to be the mandatory for his belt. So by January, is he the very last results? Uh, we got to fight. So it's all on him. It's all on him to make his decision what what he's going to do. But I, I know I need a belt. And I think being a two-weight two division world champ uh, in, what, 15 fights is, like, amazing. So I think that I'm kind of just putting that in my brain. I'm more excited about that. Let me ask you this. Uh, put top rank aside. If it was up to Shakur Stevenson and he was his own matchmaker, give me your next three fights. My next three fights, I'll be fighting Leo Santa Cruz. Um, Leo, probably Valdez, and then Lomachenko. Wow. Yeah. Those are some bangers there, Shakur. Yeah, I'll I fight Lomachenko last for sure. Um, so let's talk about that because Miguel Burchell and uh, Oscar Valdez are supposed to get it on. Uh, can we see you fighting the winner of that fight? Yeah, I think that's the plan with uh, Tyrant uh, Loki. I think that they want me to get a title. Uh, and then the winner out of Burchell Valdez, I think they want me to um, unify with them. Man. I'm, all, I'm all for it. So I'm not, I don't duck no action. Let me ask you another one I think that would be really, really scintillating because you can promote it and things of that nature. How about Jojo Diaz? Because then you'd have two former Olympians uh, going at it. What about a Jojo Diaz fight in your future? I, I wouldn't mind fighting Jojo either. Uh, I like Jojo too. He's a good fighter. I, will, I would love to actually fight. I actually sparred Jojo Diaz um, right after I came from the Olympics. Um, me and him did like 10 rounds straight. So I wouldn't mind fighting uh, Jojo Diaz. You, you know, there, there's also, we've seen you get a lot of work in with Tank Davis right yeah. there at, at 130. And, yeah. you know, Tank has got a big one uh, against Leo Santa Cruz. First, what, what do you think about that fight, Leo and Tank? I mean, I feel like um, a lot of people count Leo out, but I think that Leo um, got a good chance in that fight. I think that the only problem is he probably is too small for Tank. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to take Tank power. But I think that me and Tank gonna be like the the big fight late on down the line that like 
when it comes down to it, it's going to be me and Tank. And uh, I don't see Tank getting no bigger, and I see me getting a lot bigger. So it's like we're going to have to meet. And uh, I think me and him just going to have to end up having a fight. So uh, I think that that's going to happen soon. soon what, was that, what was that work like when you guys had to spar and, you you know, uh, you got him ready for uh, a couple of fights ago? What was that work like when you guys sparred? I mean – I keep everything in the gym and like, I don't, I can't really uh, tell too much about the sparring, but I will say like sparring is sparring. So like that was a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, I don't know, like he probably got better or like I got better. Like, so sparring is sparring. Like I sparred with uh, Joette um, Gonzalez, dude, I fought for my world title and uh, he said he beat me up and we got in the um, ring and fought and it didn't look like he beat me up, so <laughs> I don't like. I can't really judge off a of sparring. I sparred with Lemichenko. I sparred with Terrence Crawford. Like I can't judge off a of sparring because at the end of the day, it's about how you perform on a, the night of the fight. So sparring ain't really. I don't look at sparring like that. Like I look at sparring like it's just for me to get better and and grow. What about uh, you and Joette Gonzalez? Is that beef still there, or is that now water under the bridge? It is water under it, it is water under the bridge for me. At the end of the day, it was business. So um, we ended up having to meet, and I ain't really want to meet, but he insisted that we did. So um, he got what he asked for. But I don't got no. Like, I seen him his last fight. I thought he looked real good his last fight against uh, Mariaga. So I don't like. I don't got no uh, hate for him. I think that uh, I hope he become a world champion. It's gonna make me look good if he do so. And are are you still with his sister? Oh, uh, man, man, I can't really discuss uh, relationship <laughs> stuff or, uh, on air. I ain't really trying to uh, do that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No, no way. I understand, my brother. I understand. Um, let me ask you this, because you are at 130, uh, and you are one of those little young lions there at 130. In your opinion, Shakur, best fighter at 130 pounds right now, not named Shakur Stevenson. Best fighter at 130 pounds, not named Shakur Stevenson. Man, um, that's hard. That's kind of hard. If I'm being realistic, I don't think, like, a, a lot of them guys is that good. Like, I think that they're decent fighters. But when we're talking, like, skill and, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, Burchell might be one of the best, being that he's just the biggest. He walk around at, like, 170-something and, Cut it down to one thirty. So, but if we talking about scaling and stuff like that, um, I don't know if you want to count Tank a, a one, as a one thirty pounder. I, I I have yet to see him make one like one thirty comfortably. So I don't know if I if I could count him as a one thirty pounder. But if he was, I would say uh, Tank. You know, that's interesting. You said it because obviously his fight with Leo, he's got it. It's going to be at one thirty. One thirty. Uh, yeah. And 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 Tank even told us he was on the show. He said his best fighting weight. He said was one thirty because he said he feels faster. He feels uh, reflexes stronger. He still keeps his power at one thirty. What do you think about that? Uh, I might I might have to agree with him, but um, at the end of the day, you still got to have the discipline to uh, make the weight in. Um, when he's in camp, he got to uh, really push for it. And, but I agree with him. Like, I seen him at 35. I think that with Gamboa, he wasn't looking as sharp. He was kind of looking sluggish and a little bit fatigued. So, uh, he's probably right about um, he's better at 130. But 
I mean, the thing is, at 35, he kind of struggled to make 35. So, and it wasn't by like a couple of ounces. It was like a pound and, and, and some change. So, I don't like. I can't really call him a 130 pounder. Like, I got to see him actually make it comfortably and um, perform with Leo at 130. And then I tell you, okay, uh, Tank is a he's a world champion at 130, and I respect Tank. And me and Tank just gonna have to uh, meet later on down the line. So at, at just 22 years old, I mean, listen, you're still a baby. I mean, you're only 23, but at just 22, man, you become a world champion. You do it in 13 fights, Shakur. Um, why was it so important for you uh, to become a world champion so quickly? I think that um, I kind of like watched like Floyd Mayweather career and I seen like at like 22, he had like probably like 19 or 20 fights. Like he had a bunch of fights more than me, but he was a world champion. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like how he like become a world champion uh, and have that many fights. But I think he started like right after the Olympics, like right after he went to the Olympics, he started and uh, went pro. And I kind of like took a break and then went pro. But I kind of based it off of like what he did. I'm like, man, he was like 22. He was a world champ. So I need to make sure that I'm a world champ by 22. I can't get left behind. So I kind of made sure that happened. Any fear at all that maybe the team is pushing you too quickly? You know, generally, you know, you want to kind of take levels to it. Hey, maybe you want to fight a gatekeeper, maybe a faded champion. Okay, and then uh, we'll challenge for the title. Any fear that maybe got uh, the team pushing you a little bit too quickly? I mean – other fighters, I would say, like, a lot of fighters, you should, like, be right there and, okay, we'll take this fight and then take this fight and then – but I think with me, it's, like, a little bit different. I think that I'm – like, I got love for the game. Like, I look, I got love for boxing. Like, I love boxing. I'm in the gym every day without a fight. Like, I'm, I'm just so good, naturally good, and, and, and I work hard, and I want to be the best that – it don't matter. I feel like I'm the type of person, it don't matter who you put me in there with, that I'm going to shine. Like, that's going to be the – once the competition step up, I'm going to get better and better and better and better. So, I mean, a lot of people can say that, but I truly believe, like, I done been in there with the best fighters in the world. I done been in there 12-round straight with, with, with me and Lemachenko going head-to-head. -head. Like, I know for a fact what type of level I'm on. So, I don't think that – like, I'm one of them dudes you can say, oh, nah, it's too early. Like, they, they, they tried that when I fought uh, the dude Chris Diaz. They said, nah, it's too early. We don't want you to fight him. Uh, Top rank wanted, wanted uh, me to say no. Like, what they don't feel like is right now that we should fight him. And I told them, like, man, y'all tripping. Like, I'm, I'm going to show y'all. Like, and I went in there and I won every round, every single round. Like, so, like, I, 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 I say that with, with, with other fighters – you can say like, okay, maybe um, we shouldn't throw him in there yet, but I think that with me, it's like it's no gimmick. Like, it's no gimmick. Everything with me is real. So, I think that I'm I'm that. So you know, we've had so many great fighters on here, and one of the questions I always throw out of them is, who is the next new star of boxing? And a number of guys have said, well, Tank Davis, without question, next pay per view star, next star. And other guys have come out and said. Uh, Jerron Boots Ennis. Oh, yeah. This is, this is your opportunity. You tell me why Shakur Stevenson 
is the next star of boxing as opposed to, let's say, Tanks Davis or Boots Ennis? I mean, I love, I love uh, Boots. That's my brother. Like, I love Jerron Ennis. Like, he's a hell of a fighter. I think that um, you can't just say it's one next star, though. Like, I don't agree with it. It's just one next star. I think that, put it like this, um, when you coming up in the, 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 the Ray Leonard, the Marvin Hagler, the Tommy Hearns, and, and Roberto Duran era, I mean, you got a bunch of guys who all this, like, could fight. But you got that one guy in Sugar Ray Leonard that he was that one that, that just stood out. And I just feel like when it comes to me, I'm that one that's like, okay, with, I'm like the Ray Leonard of, of, the, uh, of the generation because it's like I'm that one guy and everybody can fight. I ain't, I ain't taking nothing away from Tommy Hearns or the, or, or, or the, or the Marvin Hagler's. I'm not taking nothing away from them dudes, but Ray Leonard just stood out. Like, so I think that I'm that one. Like, I think I just, I, I just stand out and. I think that um, as of right now, I mean, like when you're saying like Tank Davis, you can't compare me to like a, cause Tank been, Tank was fighting for a world title before I even like went pro. Like, so he had like a big head start. He a little bit older than me and stuff like that. So I think that by the time I'm his age, it's going to be like, oh snap. Like this kid is like, he, he is everything he said he was like. So um, I just feel like I'm that dude. Like I, I think that, uh, Dumb, dumb dudes is all good fighters also, and I think that we all going to carry the generation uh, as far as, like, the Devin Haney's and the Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, I think that we all going to get better and better and better and better, and then I just think that I'm going to be that one dude that just, like, I'm, I'm the last one standing. Well, I, I tell you what, when you, when you came out of the amateurs and decided uh, that you were going to go pro, you had so many people after you. Everybody wanted – to be with Shakur Stevenson. But you make the decision, you say, look, I'm gonna run with top rank and I'm gonna have the great Andre Ward as my manager. Uh, why top rank and why Andre Ward as your manager? I think that uh, with Dre, it was more like, um, I mean, I, I got to meet a lot of people and uh, like I got to meet Dre and when I got to meet Dre, it was like, it was all like real love. and It wasn't like nothing fake about it and it was all real love. and. He was real genuine, so I think that with Dre, it kind of like I just naturally gravitated towards him, and I I kind of put hit my career in his hands. Like, okay, Dre, uh, you take over. Like, yeah, let's see what you would do. Like, with somebody like me, so I kind of put my career in his hands, and I wanted. Um, I don't know. It was just Andre Wood. Like, I just that was my favorite fighter as a uh, little kid coming up, and I looked up to him so much. So it's like. And then when you get to meet him, it's like, he's not, like, it's no gimmick. Like, everything you've seen on TV is, like, real. Like, uh, that's a real dude. So, I think that I kind of gravitated towards him. And then um, everything else just came into play. I think that, uh, honestly, if I'm being realistic, though, like, if I'm being real, I ain't really, like, getting no, like, um, like, Al Hammond and nobody ain't, like, reach out to me because uh, I think that they felt like uh, Floyd had me. Um, at least that's what like uh, Sam was saying. Like they felt like Floyd uh, put it out there that he had me, and it was already known. So I think that uh, I didn't really get too much like from out here, but I got something from everybody else, and I think that from everybody else, top rank was just the best decision that I made, the best move. And were, were you were you disappointed that uh, Al Heyman? Because you talked about Sam, and for those who don't know, Sam Watson is basically yeah. the right arm of Al Heyman. 
uh, were you disappointed that Al Heyman didn't reach out to you and say, hey, I would like for you to be a part of the PBC and come to the stable? Yeah, if I'm being real, I think that I was a little disappointed because it's like I was the best coming out of the Olympics. And, uh, you know, when it's, you got that fighter that coming out of the Olympics, like with Floyd and Sugar Ray Leonard and Roy Jones Jr. and them type of fighters, it's like everybody reaches out for them because it's like they went there, did what they were supposed to do, and they could fight. So I was I was a little disappointed for yeah. sure. But, I mean, uh, I, I made the best of the situation. I uh, made everything work. So I think that. I'm happy with what I uh, did. That's great. That's great. Because you certainly got a great one with Andre Ward managing you. Uh, one of the gentlemen of the sport, obviously a phenomenal uh, fighter. And I would assume you, you, you're happy with your decision with top rank. Yeah, I'm happy. Good. Okay. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about you. One of nine kids to come out of Newark, New Jersey. How did little Shakur Stevenson get into boxing? I think that uh, my grandfather, um, my coach, so um, he took me to uh, he took me to one of his like rec league baseball games, and uh, he brought some of his fighters with him. And when he brought some of his fighters with him, uh, I had uh, met them. When I met them, I'm like, uh, they said that they was boxers, and I was like, dang, y'all box like. And I just felt like it was just so cool that they was boxers. So I started asking them a lot of questions. Then the next day, I asked my uh, grandfather like uh papa can you um take me to the boxing gym uh with you tomorrow and the next day he took me to the boxing gym i went inside i threw on a pair of gloves and i tried to throw on the headgear but i was five years old at the time and i'm like man i want to like i want to box like so every day he started letting me go to the gym and um i just fell in love with it like i fell in love with it how did you know that you were you had a you had a talent. I mean, I think we all know when God has blessed us with something. How old were you when you even said to yourself, "You know what? This can be my ticket out, and I can do something really special." I think that I was like probably fourteen, fifteen, probably like I realized a little bit late. Like I I knew I loved boxing, but I would go to tournaments and I would not train. And I would get all the way to the finals and probably lose to, like, a guy that would, like, pressure me. Like, they'll throw a lot of punches, and i get tired, and, and probably – and i lose to fighters that I know I should beat. And then I started actually training. And when I started training, I finally got the, like, opportunity to go overseas. And I was really going overseas as the number two guy. Like, the all the number ones had uh, went with me. But I was the number two guy because the dude that uh, beat me was uh, – he didn't have his passport. So I went over there like as a number two guy and everybody lost. Everybody lost besides me. I won the whole tournament. And I'm like, man, like, dang, like that's it was just crazy to me because it's like that's when I just started really training. I started really seeing how all the number ones was training. I kind of like saw how they was running. They was running fast and they was pushing themselves. So I'm like, okay, let me start doing what they doing if I want to win this tournament. And all of them lost, and I, and I won. And I realized from that moment, it was my first international tournament. Uh, I realized from that moment that, like, okay, I got something with this. Like, I can, I can make some money with this. Like, so uh, from there, it was just, it was just all up. Like, I just went all the way up. Well, heck, you, sh you should certainly probably got a lot of training. When you won a nine kids, you had to fight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had to, <laughs> especially, like, with my little brothers and my little uh, – 
sisters, like, my little well, just my little brother, for real, for real, like, they, it's hard to come home with a loss with them, because it's like, you're going to hear it from them. It's not like they're they going to know the, they're going to know your opponent name. They're going to know <laughs> every single thing, and they just going to throw it in your face. So, uh, like, we're getting an argument, they throw it in your face. So, I knew, like, I ain't want to come home with no, with no L, so. I, I kind of made sure, like, I won all my fights just because I don't want to come home and hear one of them talk. Crazy. <laughs> hey, you know how we do, Shakur. Yeah, yeah. You know how we do. <laughs> we going to let you hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you make it to the Olympics, my man, uh, there in 2016. And like all of us, we were watching. You win the silver. Um, highest medal by a male U.S. Olympian since Andre Ward, of course, when he won the gold. And that was all the way back in uh, 2004. Yep. So you lose to, was it Robbie Ramirez, I think, of Cuba? Yeah. Yep, Robisi and Ramirez. It, and he's, he's what, two-time gold medalist yeah. Uh, yeah. there. And so tell me what was going through your mind, because I watched the fight, and – and what was going through your mind when they raised his hand? Because it was such a close fight. But then, I, I mean, it was, it was, I think most of us, obvious you won that fight. Um, yeah. What went through your mind as they raised his hand? I think my heart was broken. I think that as soon as uh, they raised his hand, my heart was broken. I think that uh, I really, like, if I've been, like, I really, like, trained my whole life for, like, the Olympics. Like, I went to all these tournaments and, all I was thinking about was winning a, a gold medal at the Olympics, and I knew that, um, I knew that once I got the opportunity, I was gonna go there and capitalize. So, uh, when they raised his hand, like I was just, I just wanted to like punch somebody. That's all I wanted to do, just go. I really wanted to just punch him in the mouth, like outside the ring. Like it wasn't even like no, like, I was just so mad. Like so, I think that that day kind of like. Honestly though, like if I'm being honest though, I could have I could have done more than what 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 I did, and and I was kind of mad at myself too, um, being that I wasn't I didn't feel a hundred percent at the biggest tournament of my life, and I had tournaments where I felt way better and sharper and stronger and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like the biggest tournament of my life, I I felt about like sixty fifty percent, like probably even lower than that. So wow. Like, wow. yeah, I don't know. I think that whole day was just like a whole nightmare for me. Like, I, I, I was so mad. Like, so, like, even when you saying like you won the silver medal, and I never looked at no, no silver medal as a, as a win. Like, I didn't. I never even. Honestly, like my medal, like I still got it because my family wanted me to. You feel me? But I yeah. really wanted, I really wanted to throw it away. Like, <laughs> wow. like, that's just how I feel because I don't know. I don't like losing. Like, losing ain't. They ain't me. Like, um, I'm, I'm a winner. Like, I won all my international fights until that fight. Every international, mind you, I had, like, 30 international fights from juniors to youth to every fight I win. I win, I win, I win. Every time I'm going on the podium at the, at the, um, at the international tournaments with the world championships and all that kind of stuff, I'm on top. I'm number one. I'm number one. I'm number one. And I finally lose at the, at a, at an international tournament, and, it, and it's the biggest one. That that kind of like it just broke my heart. Like it made me want to just I don't know. I was mad. Wow. Where, where's the medal now? Uh, it's at my other uh, spot in um, in Virginia. So what I remember most is you leaving the ring and just the emotion. 
just yeah. the emotion, the, the, the tears just streaming down your face. And more than anything else, I remember you right outside the ring and you do this interview and you apologize to the country for losing. And I couldn't <laughs> believe it. We were like, kid, they just robbed you. What do you call my, like my heartbreak, it was almost like you were my child. It was like my heart broke for you. What, what yeah. was the response you got after that? I mean, it seemed like everybody like, loved my interview. Like even with uh, like Sugar Ray Lennon, he made a whole two minute video about like just talking about me, and how much like I mean to the sport and all that kind of stuff. So it seemed like a lot of people loved my video and like a lot of people felt like you too that uh, I got robbed and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, my hand wasn't raised. So at the end of the day, I wasn't gonna get out the ring and get in front of the camera and be one of them type of dudes that be like, oh. I got robbed. Duh, 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 duh. I, that, like that's not my character. So, and I feel like, like honestly, I don't feel like I get any better from getting out the ring and saying like, okay, you got robbed. Like, I don't get no better. I'm not. I'm gonna go think that I did everything I had to do. I'm like, nah, I ain't do enough. I gotta blatantly beat the hell out of you for for you to win. And I gotta clearly win every round. And that's what kind of uh, came with me with the pros now. Like. Um, I don't. I, I really don't think I lost more than two rounds in any fight I had. Like I don't think I. Don't, I can't. I can't go in them fights and lose rounds because I know that I can't leave it in the judges' hands now. So I, that's how I feel about it. Like, but I kind. I was. I, I was messed up doing that interview. I ain't gonna lie. Like it was just like I really wanted to put a towel on and just leave out the arena because I seen like a little. Uh, like, when Lemachenko lost, he did that. Like, I seen, like, a lot of people, like, you feel me? Like, the people that, when they hurt and they, they going to do that, like, the people that's real competitive, and I'm real competitive. So, um, that's why I really reacted the way I reacted. Well, I tell you what, that I mean, that was just real raw emotion. I know everybody in America felt for you, man. That, that was really touching. Um, everyone who does this show, Shakur, we, we have viewers who watch. Uh, they submit questions. Man, we got a lot of them for you. So, let's get right to them. Uh, this one from Jeremy on Twitter. Uh, he says he knows about the beef you had with Joette. Do you have beef with any other boxers, or are there any guys that you just don't like? <laughs> I mean, it's a couple of boxers that I probably just don't like, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna name them. Uh, I would just keep it to myself and and wait till it's time to uh, whenever we fight to just beat them up. So. <laughs> are, are they in the one? Are they in the one thirty pound uh, division? Yeah, they they close to one thirty, one thirty five. So whenever the time comes, they gonna get it. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Uh, this one comes uh, from Twitter. It says, "Will you push to fight the winner of Tank versus Leo Santa Cruz next?" Uh, yeah, I probably will. Um, I think that uh, I'm not one of them dudes that to sit back and wait and. Wait for opportunity. I think that uh, once I get my title, I think I'll be in a better position to uh, really say and call uh, that name out and whoever win that fight um, and just see uh, if I can get that fight. So I think that me and Tim could be a big fight for, like, like black American fans and black, like, people in general that uh, really watch Tank Davis or watch Shakur Stevenson. I think that would be, like, a hell of a – pay-per-view fight and I think that if Leo walk out of the situation and actually beat Javante Davis uh it's gonna be like okay he beat Javante uh can Shakur 
can Shakur go in there uh, do something different than what Tank does? And uh, I think that me and Leo probably be a, a huge fight if he if he walk away as the, the underdog and beat uh, Tank. So it's a uh, yeah, I'll definitely try to push for for the uh, winner. Uh, this one comes from Twitter. It says, how likely is it that you will fight Neverette in the near future? I mean, I told, like, I was telling them that, I, like, we could do, like, a catchweight if it's, like, that serious because they were trying to make it seem like uh, I moved up because of him. But honestly, I don't, like, if I'm being realistic, like, I'm, I don't duck no action. Like, so if it's me and him, like, if y'all really, if y'all really want to see a me and Navarrete fight or anybody really wants to see that bad enough, um, we can meet at 128. Like, I don't mind sucking down to 128. He fighting 126 now, so I don't mind me halfway and me him fight at 128. No belts on the line. Just a big, big fight. And uh, we can get it, uh, Poppy. Uh, this one as well uh, comes from Twitter. It says, what's your relationship with Devin Haney and would you fight him? Yeah, I think that me and Devin also would be a big fight. But I think that me and Devin probably be a big fight later on down the line because I feel like Devin is actually a 135-pounder. I'm actually a 130-pounder. So um, we'll probably meet when it's like, okay, we took over our divisions and uh, it'd be later, later, later down the line. But I think that Devin Henney is a real good fighter. I think he's real skillful like me. Um, I think that uh, uh, he's a real good fighter. I got uh, I got to see him in like with real competition though too to be like to say like okay uh like he he that so this one from Twitter as well uh from Will it says what happened at that Miami gas station that turned into a fight I mean I can't really uh speak on uh too much stuff with that I just feel like uh a lot of people make mistakes and um I I was 21 turning 21 I think I made a mistake and I think that uh, I moved on and I learned. Um, a lot of people don't get, like, a lot of people in my shoes don't don't get to get put in a position like me, and they get to, uh, you know, I realize I'm still young and I'm still human, so um, we make, we we also going to make mistakes just because uh, I am who I am. Uh, a lot of people will look at it and be like, and, and they'll judge me, but I just feel like I'm not, I'm not what they judging, like, what they trying to say about me, like, I'm I made a mistake and uh, I learned from my mistake and I make sure. And since then, you haven't seen me in any type of uh, altercation or any type of uh, any anything like that. So I think that uh, um, my actions also speak louder than my words right now. Like I, I think that uh, it was a big mistake, though. Got it. Uh, all right, Shakur Stevenson, we've come to the last segment of this program. We call it the last stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready, young champ? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Who is the greatest boxer in U.S. Olympic history to win a silver medal? Roy Jones Jr., Riddick Bowe, or Shakur Stevenson? Shakur Stevenson. Better than Roy Jones Jr.? But, but... I mean, I, I love Roy. I like, I love. I'm a big fan of Roy, but I, I always gonna say myself over whoever. I don't care who it is. Uh, <laughs> okay, so next question then: Who reps Newark, New Jersey better? Is it Shaq, Queen Latifah, or Shakur Stevenson? Shakur Stevenson for <laughs> sure. I think that I wear it on every 
all my trunks, my boxing gear. If you talk to me, y'all know about Newark. Like a lot, a lot of people gonna know about Newark more just from listening to me. But uh, I love Big Shaq. Big Shaq always re- reach out to me and uh, give me some game at times. So I like, I like Shaq too. Okay, who you got? Errol Spence in a Terrence Crawford fight. Who you got? I'm not answering. <laughs> oh, come on, bro. Who you got? Who you got, Shakur? You going with your fellow Olympian or you going with your guy from top rank who you spar with? Who you got, Shakur? We want to know. I, I can't answer that question. It's a sensitive question on uh, both fans because both of them are big bros and uh, Errol always reaching out, checking up on me and uh, making sure I'm straight. And Terrence, uh, my big brother, Terrence was just at my house. Like, I can't, I can't really answer that. <laughs> I'm going to be a boxer that day. I'm, a ho- I'm hoping that I fight on their car with, with another big fighter or something like that. So, I'm not, I'm going to be right. watching. All right. Uh, who you got? Tiafimo or Vasily Lomachenko? Tiafimo um, by knockout, if it's a knockout, then Lomachenko in 12 rounds if it go 12 rounds. Oh, okay. And by this time... Next year, you finish this statement. Shakur Stevenson will be a three weight, no, this time two weight division world champ. Uh, just hitting the pound for pound list. Um, the best young fighter in boxing. I best young it. fighter in boxing for sure. I love it. I love it. Shakur Stevenson, my brother, I had been looking forward to this. This was everything I thought it was going to be and more. I, I really enjoyed our talk. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, man. Appreciate you, man. All right. That's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring you biggest names in sports and entertainment, just like Shakur Stevenson. Brian Custer, we'll see you next week.